Thursday, June 2nd here on the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast. Chuck Zada and Mark Schofield here. want to wish everyone a happy Memorial Day. Actually, we already did that probably a couple days ago, but we might as well do it again just because we did take the day off yesterday, Mark. We were feeling a little, little burnt out, I think, and just needed a little day of rest. Every once in a while, Chuck, you just need... You know, 24 hours or so to just recharge the batteries, get yourself feeling loose and limber again, and we're back and we're ready to roll. We're loose, we're limber, and uh, we're going to be talking the ITP glossary today. If you haven't checked it out yet, it's something that we've been doing really for just about the last year now, and we've got close to 200 terms in the glossary at this point, and pretty much what this is, it is a both written and visual guide to some of the key terms that come up on a day-to-day basis when you're watching football. It's everything uh, from terms as simple as line of scrimmage all the way up to talking about complex plays uh, in the passing game, defenses, things in the kicking game, all across the board. So we highly recommend, if you haven't checked it out yet, make sure you do. We've been putting it together uh, with the folks from the Scouting Academy, Dan Hatman's operation, and it's been something that you know I think we're really proud of to be able to put out there. And I highly recommend that you take a look at it just because you may find a couple terms that get mentioned in a broadcast coming up this fall, and it can be really useful for you. So take a look at that. Uh, certainly, uh, you can go right on to InsideThePylon.com, and it's right at the top. Just click on that glossary button, and you'll be able to go right in there, and you can browse by just about every way possible just because I'm OCD about that crap, and I made it possible to search by just about anything you wanted. There you did go. good work, man. Well, you know what? I again, you never know how people are going to look at it, so you got to give them. This is true. You, you give, them, give them all the bases. Give people the options. You give them the options, and we're going to be talking about a couple terms today. And Mark, I know you've got uh, one from the passing game that you want to start with. Yeah, I've got, we've got two that we're going to talk about today. Um, both kind of air raid staples from the air raid passing system, but as we'll talk about a little bit, and both have glossary entries that I would have. Highly recommend people check out on InsideThePylon.com. They've been used in pro offenses, pro-style offenses. They've even been used at the NFL level. First one I want to start with is something called the mesh concept. Now, what the mesh concept basically is, this is an air raid staple. dates back to the BYU days with Lavelle Edwards when he had a guy named Mike Leach under him. And now it's kind of grown throughout different offenses using single back systems such as the Bob Stitt system um, up in Montana right now, previously at the Colorado School of Mines. He uses the mesh concept. Um, Jared Goff was throwing the mesh concept. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers ran some mesh concept this year. So it's something you'll see a lot. And its basic premise is this, and this is directly from Mike Leach's own words from a coaching clinic he gave back, I think, two years ago at a Nike coaches clinic. Mesh concept, two-by-two formations. You've got slot formation, to each side of the field, for example, the two inside receivers, the number two receivers to each side, they run a simple cross and route, and they kind of mesh over the middle of the football at about eight, to, around eight yards deep or so. That's the basic core of it, that mesh concept. Different from another glossary term, we've had the mesh point. That's something you'll see on read option, run options, run pass option plays with a quarterback and the running back mesh in the backfield. They meet in the backfield and then quarterback decides what to do with the football. Here, the mesh concept in the passing game, you've got those two inside receivers running those crossing routes over the middle. Quarterback typically works from one receiver on the mesh crosser to the other to make his reads. Now, where it gets interesting is how offensive have, have evolved this concept through the years. Initially, when Leach and Lavelle Edwards and those air raid guys installed this, basically what you had was the two inside guys running those mesh routes, 
those crossing routes over the middle. And you have the outside guys running either just simple go routes or maybe a corner route kind of to run the defenders off. But as teams have evolved, they've done more with this design. Now, Vernon Adams. I don't want to relitigate the Vernon Adams debate that we had on draft Twitter for months and the weeks leading up to the draft, whether he could play or not. But Oregon ran a ton of mesh concept stuff. And what was interesting with the way they did it was they would have the basic core design. We have the two routes over the middle. They'd like to have a vertical receiver on one side of the field and run a wheel route behind that. And that would give Vernon Adams four really good options to choose from based on the covers that he saw. So that's just one example of how teams have started to dress up the wind, the mesh concept a bit. Mark, what, what's the biggest thing that this is designed to attack in terms of defenses? What, what is this best suited for attacking? Is it going against man, cover three, cover two? What, what are we talking about attacking here? Well, you can use it to attack both man and zone schemes. Obviously, if you're facing man coverage, and especially if you get man underneath, you've got guys trying to run with those guys over the middle. That's where the sort of the rub action of the mesh concept comes into play because you get one of those guys bumping into the other one. You get a guy running free. So that's how it could work against a man coverage, specifically man underneath. If you see zone coverage, what these guys can do is once they cross, they find grass, which means they don't keep running if they see zone. A lot, you know, with a lot of the teams that install it, they're taught once they cross, if they see zone, settle down in the next open space you can find and make yourself available for the quarterback. What's interesting in how teams are using it now is – it takes a little bit of time to develop, obviously. You've got guys running from one side of the field to the other. That can take a bit of time. So teams started to blitz air raid teams, try to get them to speed up the process. And then something like the mesh concept can't quite develop. So like Bob Stitt, what he likes to do when he runs this concept and a lot of other concepts that he runs at Montana, previously at Colorado School of Mines, is he'll use vertical routes as heart reads. So basically those routes on the outside that are just simple go routes. Now, if that quarterback sees, you know, zero blitz or if he sees cover one blitz with the press coverage, rather than sitting on the mesh and letting that kind of develop, he'll just take it and throw it, throw a nine route on the outside because you might get, you know, a good matchup. You might get a defender that can beat a receiver that can beat a press coverage defender and you got a chance for a big play. So rather than, you know, holding onto the ball in the pocket and trying to let those two routes develop, just take it ball, give it a couple of seconds, and let it go. Do you ever see, in order to uh, try to speed up the, the the pace at which this play develops, do teams play around with the splits for their wide receivers in any way, shape, or form to make it either a longer or faster developing route in that sense? Yeah, I mean, teams sometimes cheat down those slot receivers. If they run it out of two-by-two, they'll cheat them down a little bit. Some teams, you know, they'll run it out of a three-by-one where you cheat the X – who's that single receiver, you can cheat him down towards the tackle a little bit, and then you have the number three receiver that trips, he'll be cheated down a little bit to sort of speed it up. But again, you don't want to do that too often because if, you know, defense, they're going to start noticing, hey, these guys are cheating down on their splits and they're running mesh concept. Look for it every time they do that. So, you know, teams can do it that way. Um, sometimes they'll do it with motion. I mean, you'll motion one of the guys in closer to the formation, and then you've got an indicator pre-snap of if you get man coverage, if you see a defender trailing that guy, as well as potentially get a head start on that guy across the other line of scrimmage. Any teams run this with uh, tight ends or anything like that? Teams can do that, especially if you've got a move type tight end and the Rob Gronk, you know, kind of a Rob Gronkowski type that can 
um, that's pretty good in open field working against bigger defenders. You can start them out wide, move them in. You can do that. Um, California did that a lot with um, Steven Anderson, who was sort of a tight end type, um, but played like a wide receiver. They would use him on the mesh concept as well, um, getting him working in space against linebackers or strong safety types. So teams to do that as well. Any other thoughts you got on uh, mesh before we move on to uh, the next one here? I, you know, I just think that it's one of these concepts, you know, in the ITP entry that's the glossary entry that we've got on the site. I mean, there was an example of Tampa Bay running. It's, it's just a way to attack different areas of the field. And what's nice about it is, especially in that blitz example, you've got routes that you can call upon in that play to attack any sort of situation. So if you see blitz or press coverage, you can go deep. If you get a nice zone situation, you let those mesh guys cross, then settle. If you've got man coverage underneath, you obviously take advantage of the mesh, mesh routes and get those uh, underneath receivers working against underneath defenders who aren't probably as adept at man-to-man coverage as, say, a secondary player. So it gives the offense a lot of options just within one core play. So, you know, sometimes if you look at old playbooks, you'll see – you know, notation on a given play. Oh, if you see cover two, you gotta get you gotta get out of this because we can't attack cover two using this play. Well, play like the mesh concept, you don't really have face situations where you have to call an audible because yep. there are built in elements to it that allow you to attack different defenses. Yeah, so it, it gives you a ton of versatility if you're an offensive coordinator and if you're a quarterback, whether you're talking at the college level or a pro level, you have a read that you can find on it depending on what the defense is showing you. Yeah, that's exactly right. So let's talk about uh, the next one that you have here. This is the Y-Cross. What exactly is that? Y-Cross is another sort of air raid staple, again, dating back to the Lavelle Edwards days. Um, simple basic design, the way it was initially started, was that you would have a two-by-one formation, Y being the tight end. Um, so you have two-by-one, two receivers to the right, one receiver to the backside. X, the single receiver to the backside, typically runs a go route, and then Y designated with the over or the cross um, he just runs an over route about you know 12 yards breaking over the middle and then gaining depth as he goes down the field aiming for about a depth of 18 yards down the field and then z the the receiver uh the outside receiver in the two by one formation they can run a variety of different routes typically you'll see a curl route from them that's sort of the basic way that you know the y cross y over route concept came to be designed. I mean, this is stuff that you see, if you watch Jared Goff's tape from last year, Cal was running this a ton. And again, it's a design where in this simple three receiver route tree, you've got different looks to attack different defenses. Again, if you see man press coverage on the outside, quarterback's first look is to X, that single receiver running that deep route. So he'll take a peek at that. And if he's got a chance for a big play, great. If not, he'll move from his first read to what his primary read is, which is that Y receiver on that over route. Sometimes it's a tight end nowadays, and a lot of you know three receiver sets that might be a slot receiver running that sort of Y over design. And if you get man coverage on him, let him run away from a defender. If you see zone, he's going to look to find some open space. If he somehow gets somebody collapsing on him, maybe you know you've got cover one, and that single high safety drops down and jumps that route. Then you've got that third receiver, that Z, that's running either a curl, maybe he, you know. Change, adjust that to a go route if he sees press coverage. But again, you've got three different um, options to choose from, three different routes that you can attack a number of defenses with. So, so it seems to me that one of the biggest pieces here that makes this valuable is that you're attacking the defense 
at three different levels when you go vertically up the field. It's you have a guy going deep, a guy right in the middle, and then a guy close. And so you can kind of pick and choose based on where the defense uh, is playing off. Yeah, and you know this is just sort of the basic why over why cross design. Teams, pro-style teams, incorporate elements like this design into their offenses and dress it up in different ways to attack defenses differently. Jimbo Fisher runs a pro, what many consider a pro-style offense down in Florida State, gave a talk, I think, two years ago um, on this play and how he uses it in their pro-style attack. And what he likes to do is that backside receiver, will, he'll send them on a post. So then that kind of sets up a nice little high-low. So say you do get cover one, well, then that cover one safety has to make a decision because he's got a post coming at him. He's got that over route in his face. And if he makes the decision to jump that over out, you've got a big play over the top of that safety down the middle of the field on that backside post. Whereas if that safety sees the post coming to him, lays deep, then that you know, over route sets up nicely for him. So you know, Fisher's an example of a, a coach that's not really an air raid style coach taking an air raid element and incorporated it into his offense as well. Now, is this something, what, what, are, what other types of variations can you see on this as you look at different teams? I mean, how, how creative can you get when you're using this type of uh, concept here? I mean, you can get really creative. I mean, I'm looking at the notes from that Jimbo Fisher talk right now, and he likes to do, you know, sometimes he'll use it what he calls the X over, which is you've got, say, maybe a two-by-one or a, even a three-by-one formation. You send the three trips receivers deep, and it's X running that over up from the backside. So you basically clear out one side of the field with three receivers, and if you get man coverage, that you know backside X receiver just basically just runs straight across the field, runs away from that you know cornerback, and you've got that play side that's cleared out by the trip. So you can do it that way. You can go Z over, where instead of the tight end running the over route, he'll release on a corner route. You motion the Z receiver in towards the formation line. He runs the over route. You get that backside X receiver on a post again sets up that nice high low if for some reason that's covered then you've got y on a corner route to an open area of the field that might be vacated with that corner that's coming in with the motion z receiver he runs over to the other side of the field if you get man coverage and now you've got y isolated perhaps on a linebacker on a corner route so again different ways taking a core concept from the air raid system dressing it up a little bit in a different style of offense, but again, incorporating that basic design just from either different receivers or different points of the field. Now, is there ever any situation in which a coach may use a kicker as uh, any receiver? Yeah, I mean, it could be done. Could, could, could it happen? I mean, let's like, put it this it, way. Let's it's, put it this been, way. it's been fun chatting about this, but I'm kind of looking at it like what what's in it for me? Les Miles. Okay, yep, yep. I guarantee you if there was a way to incorporate a kicker into either one of these play designs, that wacky man down in Baton Rouge would do it. No one has swaggier specialists than Les Miles. No. No I mean, one. Brad Wayne? It's, it's across Remember the board. Remember when he got that like, fake punt he got, he, well, called he, back? Yeah, for taunting. For taunting? Yeah, that was, that, was, that was when Brad Wing became my favorite punter. I, I, I know exactly you, why. You had that, and then didn't they also have uh, that great fake field goal either last year or the year before? They did, last year. Against, it was last uh, year, right? Against Florida, I think some guy wrote a you you uh, contributed to a book on that play. It was, I mean, it's just it's beautiful the way he uses his specialists, and I wish I wish that more people would see that. Look, you know, I know that we can kick the ball really far and everything, but we can do other things, and and you could probably put a kicker in on a Y cross, and all of a sudden you got touchdowns coming left and right. It's unstoppable. Left, right, center, whatever you want to do. 
Whatever you want to do, my friend. What else? Uh, any any last words on uh, either the Y cross or the mesh concept? Um, no, I mean I think the important thing to remember for both of these is that even though they come from air raid systems, don't think that it's a simple one receiver route. When you hear oh mesh concept or you know Y cross, it's not just just because it's Y cross doesn't mean you're thrown to that receiver no matter what. Again, the quarterback has reads that he's going to go through, depending on what he sees from the coverage, what he sees up front. Down in distance even. I mean, if you've got third and three and you call Y over, you might not want to take that deep shot. You might get to that third read. So, again, when you're looking at teams that run these concepts, quarterbacks that work in these concepts, again, there's progressions built in that these guys are going to be going through. There are options available to the quarterback on each of these plays. And it's often really enjoyable to see how these quarterbacks and how these teams implement these schemes. Very good. Well, that is all the time that we have today. Unfortunately, we are wrapped up here. Chuck's out and Mark Schofield. We just gave you a couple great glossary terms to go look at. Make sure you do that now. We just said an awful lot. Go take a look at it. The video will make it a lot easier for you to understand than us talking to you. Go take a look at it. I guarantee you, you'll pick something up that you didn't know previously. Once again, we are wrapped up for the day tomorrow. We get to do what we want to do just about every day, which is talking about kickers and punters. That is coming up tomorrow on the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks Podcast. Podcast.